0: Hello, this is Saul Gonzalez, lead pastor of Lifehouse Church, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you so very much for joining us today. I believe that through this message, God will encourage you, challenge you, and better yet, change you for the glory of God and for the purposes God has called you. Enjoy this message. like for you to just to follow me or, or your scriptures as well. I hope you have your outlines. The idea of this outline is to give you a framework to for you to keep reading at home or write some thoughts on the back. I say a lot of powerful things that none of you are writing down and they are lost forever. Thank you. Thank you. So, but, and then on the first, on the front page, there's an outline just to help us, help us with our theme, our guide is that the Holy Spirit empowers us to change. That the theme that our sermon series, this is our fourth sermon, uh, is that you have it. You have it. Say it with me. I got it. it. Say it with me. I have it. it. And that's the person and the power and the presence and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. If you're born again. Now, let me tell you something that just for, for foundational purposes, Saul, I appreciate you last Sunday. How many appreciate pastor Saul Martinez? Uh, You did a great job. Uh, some of you, however, were hurt by what he said. I come to heal you in Jesus' name. You were left confused, but I've come to give you direction. Uh, uh, but, but I want to, a lot of people struggle with, with um, not having confidence or knowledge or the certainty that you're born again. So let me tell you once and for all, if you've made a confession, if you've come to an altar or wherever you're at and you've said to Jesus, come into my life, uh, the Bible says that he, that anyone, anyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved that we are saved by grace through faith that when you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you believe that he died on the cross that he rose again on the third day and you confess him you invite him uh, and you trust in him for your salvation you are born again how many say amen you don't get unborn again even if you struggle even if you fall even if you sin it's not like uh, uh, Daniel struggles here he's my son but he's always my son I send him to his room when he doesn't behave. I lock him up for weeks at a time if I have to. But he's my son. Thank you very much. I'm being a little facetious. Don't be calling CPS. Some of you are like, oh, d'aller. Um, uh, but he's always my son. And so is my daughter. So sonship is like on. You're there. So even if you struggle, even if you're misbehaving, uh, even if you don't feel saved, how many say amen? Um, you are born again. So don't let the devil confuse you. Uh, don't stutter step. You walk in that confidence. But pastor, I'm struggling with certain sins. Uh, welcome to the club. Huh? So there's not a one person here that doesn't struggle with a sin nature. Because we are fallen creatures and we live in a fallen world. How many say amen? Amen. But that doesn't mean that you're a victim to this world. It doesn't mean that you're a victim to this fallen flesh. It doesn't mean that you have to obey the desires of the flesh. Because those that walk in the light, Paul says, those that walk in the light, they don't obey the darkness. Uh, They have the wisdom of God. They have the power of the Holy Spirit. Those that walk in the light walk in the truth. And the truth sets you free from the lies. And the power of the Holy Spirit empowers you, empowers you to live a righteous life. The power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in you, you got it, gives you the authority and the strength to say no to sin. To say no to temptation. To keep your eyes where they need to be. To to keep these devices holy, pure. And when they get unholy and pure, you buy filters, firewalls. Okay, you, you, you protect yourself, you protect your eyes, men, uh, you guard your hearts, for out of your heart, out of your thinking, comes the issues of life. Uh, and so, whatever a man soweth, that's what he reaps. And so if you keep sowing to the flesh from the flesh, from this mind, all you've got is a corrupted mind and you struggle and you can't see straight and you can't see a sisters in Christ, the right spirit or, or people. And you're always uh, under the gun because all you do is feed the flesh and those that feed the flesh, what you get is a monster. What you get is an unclean mind and, and you struggle, you're saved. The Holy Spirit convicts you, convicts you, convicts you, convicts you. And that's why, the Holy, that's why the word of God says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve because he's a person. Uh, so when you're arrogant and boastful and prideful, the Holy Spirit resists you. Why? Because God resists the proud. But he gives grace and he promotes the humble. So, so the only way to greatness, by the way, is through the path of humility. And the path of, of brokenness and forgiveness. Um, And I want to just put this as a context, because I'd like to help somebody here who struggles, who says, who feels like, man, I I don't feel like I'm saved. You don't have to feel like you're saved to know that you're saved and born again, because because salvation is by faith through grace, grace through faith, and not of works, lest any man shall boast. For it is a gift from God, for whosoever believes shall not perish, but have everlasting life. How many say amen? Let's give the Lord a clap offering, because you're saved. You're born again. You just need to act like it. Some of us need to ask the power of the Holy Spirit to help me live like I am saved and born again. How many say amen? amen. So today's theme or the, the, the subject matter is that through the Holy Spirit, you've been empowered to evolve. To experience metamorphosis to experience a transformation in the regular vernacular is you got what it takes would you help me up there you got what it takes and then uh, empowered to change empowered to change and I want to start with um, um, acts 1 uh, acts 8 chapter 1 to 3 I want to give you a little context of what pastor Saul was preaching last week That uh, we have Stephen, the first martyr that we know of, um, that was uh, stoned to death because of his testimony, because of his convictions. And the apostle, the Saul of Tarsus of Sileia, Saul of Tarsus of Cilicia, um, was there. And watch what it says, Acts 8, 1 through 3. And Saul of Tarsus approved of their killing him. Stephen, the first martyr. And on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. How many say, how many, Oh, uh, well, I'm just going to say, thank God. See, because um, Acts 1.8 says, and you shall receive power to be my witness, to be my, my agents. And I want you to start in Jerusalem and then go to Judea, Samaria, and the other parts of the world. But for the, almost right, for two years, almost two years and a half, the disciples just stayed in Jerusalem. And it was persecution that moved them out. um, Yeah, it was persecution that moved them out to Judea and Samaria. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes God allows persecution. Because what God wants to do is he's going to accomplish his word and his plans with or without us. So if God has to allow a crisis in your life to get you going, to get you where you need to be. So so you shall receive power when when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You shall be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, then in Judea, then Samaria is like a region. Samaria was a region. Judea was like the county. Jerusalem was like a city. And then, into the other other parts of the world, you're going to go everywhere, but not as long as the church is comfortable. So God allows, when he says that that it broke out, uh, what in the world? uh, No, this is not, not 18. This is Acts 8, Acts 8, not 18. I'm thinking, man, but that's okay. You know what let's go to acts 18 let's start a brand new series <laughs> thank you. acts 8 1 through 3 on that day when after they killed stephen now watch what martyrdom does here's a victim acts 1 8 a- acts 8 up there help me thank you acts 8 1 through 3 uh it's in my notes because i have eight anywhere anyway um, so on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church. Where? In Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout. Where? Judea and Samaria. Oh, Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen, and they mourned him deeply. But Saul of Tarsus began to destroy the church. Uh, he began to persecute, going house to house, and he dragged off both men and women—say, men and women. Men. He put them in prison. Why? Because the Judaism—Judaism Judaism focused mostly on men. No, just verse three. Oh, that's okay. That's a verse. That's a great verse there. Yeah, they. Yeah, but go verse three and then verse four. Verse three. We're we're now on the same page. But I want you to see, ladies. I want you to see how 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 the enemy fears women because Ju- Judaism just focused on man it was matriarch it was patriarch derived it was a man's world but the gospel came and even the uh, the stakes at the foot, at the feet of, of Calvary, at, at the cross, men and women are the same Jew and Gentile, slave and free, men and women. Everybody say women. Yes. Women are also called. And so Paul, the enemy, right, understood I don't care if it's a man, and probably they were more afraid of women. Like, Whoa, God help like this church when women just rise up. And they become anointed and agents of God. How many say amen? So I just want to have you know how equal, how powerful God is. God does not discriminate. Uh, God created you, man or woman, to be used of God for the glory of God. Uh, and so he drugged them or took them to prison. Verse four, just I think it's a great verse. Uh, and those who were scattered preached. Say, preached. preached. They they shared their testimony, their stories. The word wherever they went. So I'd like for us to understand that we're in a season. We're in two or three weeks. We want to launch life groups again. I'd love for people to be open to say, Pastor, I want to become a facilitator. Um, there's a burden in my heart. There's a teacher in me. There's a facilitator. You don't have to be a great preacher, prophet. As a matter of fact, don't preach. Don't prophesy unless God tells you to something. But but I want you to be open. That we believe that this is a church of small groups of, of of life groups, and I'd like for you to be open to that because that's how God is going to allow this church to lead thousands of people to know God, grow together, and go serve. Um, um, so God, through the person and the agent of the Holy Spirit, His presence, um, God's principles. Uh, Through people, sometimes through pressure or persecution, God will get the best out of you. Um, God is uh, the the source of true transformation. The the question here, the the theme is uh, being transformed, evolving, like changing. And none of us, no matter how smart you are, how keen you are, how disciplined, none of us can ultimately change you, your heart, your feelings, uh, your, your trappings. Um, Your habits, your hang-ups, none of us, but the power of the Holy Spirit can. Um, uh, John Maxwell says that change, evolution is inevitable, but growth is optional growth or transformation you get to call the shots when it comes to your development your growth you can set the stage and so jesus will will ask you the why question the why uh acts chapter nine up there help me verse one and two uh we're talking about Saul of tarsus and i want to paint the picture as we're going to share this outline for you how can you be empowered to change how can you allow the person the presence the power of the Holy Spirit in you to evoke, to bring about true transformation. All of us have tried it. All of us have said, no more. And like a pig, we go right back to the pigsty. Like a dog, the Bible says, many of us go right back to the vomit. We go back to the, uh, the, those air incidences or those areas, um, uh, those areas, that those familiar sins, if you will. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Then Saul of Tarsus, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest uh, and asked letters from him to, to the synagogue. The synagogue of Damascus, so that if, if he found any who were of the way, Christians, New Christians, New Testament Christians, whether they were men or women, how many say amen, uh, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem, uh, verse 3 and 4. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice uh, saying to him, Saul, Saul, Why? Why? Why are you persecuting me? So this morning, I want to stop there, and I want you to ask yourself the why question. So the why question that comes from God in terms of your motives. Why? So what are you trying to pursue? What are you trying to prove? Why are you conducting, behaving, thinking, talking, interacting the way you are or you do? So why are you doing what you're doing? So what is the why for your life? Why are you here? So why are you here today? Why are you on God's green earth? Why are you alive? Why has God given given you those gifts? Why the potential? Why that desire? Because God gives both the desire and the to do. From God, from the Holy Spirit, it's, it's, he's provoking you. There's an angst. Um, there, that car, that new car didn't satisfy you. That new house uh, wasn't it. That new job that you thought, okay, I'm going to, this, this is it. All of a sudden, after a while, you feel like, man, this job doesn't satisfy. Uh, man, I love, you know, I, I, got, I married the right man or woman. But even then, there's an emptiness. Hey, I've got kids, and all you've got is trouble and headaches, and it wasn't the kids that were going to fulfill you. The why is that only God, only God, only walking in God's counsel, only doing God's will, only doing what you were created to do can bring true satisfaction, fulfillment, abundance, peace, nothing other than the why. The why. So, for example, uh, Adam and and Eve sinned and they thought they could hide from God. So naturally, because people that sin, uh, the Bible says that the evil, that, that the wicked flee even when nobody is pursuing them. The wicked flee even when nobody is after them because their conscience. So God goes about in the morning in the Garden of Eden saying, Adam, Adam, like if God didn't know. Because God wants you to hear his voice. God wants you in your heart to say, Donde estas? Donde estas is Hebrew, by the way. For those of you that don't know Hebrew, it's like, like where are you, man? So where are you? So Elijah, the great prophet, he's hiding in a cave. And so God asked Elijah, Elijah, what are you doing here? What are you doing hiding? Uh, I want you to come out. And I want to talk to you. The Bible says there was a great earthquake, but God was not in the earthquake. There was a great wind that broke the rocks, but God was not in the wind. And you would think that he would. They said there was fire, fire, but God was not in the fire. And then all of a sudden, God was in the small, sound whisper, Elijah. And then he just broke down, and he was fearful, and he knew that God was in the whisper. The Holy Spirit whispers most of the time. The Holy Spirit speaks to you. The presence of God. You have it already. If you're born again, you have in you the residence, the power, the nuclear power of the Holy Spirit that resides in you. And he speaks to you all the time. And you have to, through the word of God, need to differentiate my voice from his voice. From her voice, from that voice, from this world's voice, from my flesh, from my pride, my, proud, my prideful voice versus the voice of the Holy Spirit. How many say amen? So there was Hagar for a lot of men and women that are, you're fleeing something. So Hagar was fleeing what she thought was a, a rough environment at home. Sarah was now, uh, you know, basically bullying Hagar because her son was bullying her son, uh, Isaac Ishmael. Oh, Hagar runs her out or she's fleeing without being, she just fleeing. So, you know, she meets an angel and you know what the angel had? The angel had twain questions, twain two. One was like, where are you coming from? de donde vienes? And better yet, where are you going? So everybody has to understand and ask yourself the why, man, where has God brought you from? And most of us, God has brought us from darkness or from brokenness and dysfunction and a life with no life, with no purpose. And he's brought you to here, to Lifehouse for this Sunday. And you have to ask yourself, why? And the greater question is, where am I going? Oh, my Lord, where do I take this family, this marriage, my kids? Where am I going? Where are you going with the gifts that God has given you that are there latent, that are unused? Where are you going with the potential for greatness or for significance, for a meaningful life? And yet we live down here and we wallow in all kinds of the world of excuses. So where are you going? You know that there is one more why question, that, that Elkanah is married to Hannah. Hannah has a womb that is, that is empty, that is barren. And she has this great desire to have kids, to have children. And that's not happening, but her rival, Penina, has all kinds of kids. And she boasts, and she uses those kids to torment her. uh, Because she's the have, and Hannah feels like the have-not. Even though Hannah was the first wife, the wife that Elkanah loved. And Elkanah didn't really love uh, Penina, the second wife. Uh, And Penina didn't love uh, the kids that Penina had. Penaina loved and wanted Elkanah. They didn't want her, but Elkanah loved Hannah. Hannah didn't love Elkanah. Hannah wanted the kids that Penina had. Isn't that amazing, the way we all live? It's like sometimes you have, you know, you want what somebody else has, but you don't give, give God, you don't, you're not grateful for what God has given you. Somebody else is envious of what you have. Some of us should strut like you're a child of God. Like you're a woman of God, like you're a man of God, because what you have is envy of baba baba. It's enviable. The the other, the world envies the peace, the presence of God, the purpose that is in your life that they wish they had. And so don't. So Hannah, so Elkanah comes and confronts Hannah, and she asks three questions: Why aren't you eating? Like why aren't you feeding? And uh, what, what is troubling your heart? Why is your heart so afflicted? And the third question that Elkanah asks is, why aren't you feeding? Why is your heart grieved? Uh, and then why are you weeping? So what has you broken down? So my point this morning, and I'm taking a little bit longer, is, is I'd love, because this, if you can answer the why so Paul, God asks Saul of Tarsus, "Why? Why are you pursuing? Why are you doing what you're doing? And if you don't, if you can't answer, and the answer does not really is is not in keeping with God's will, then I want you right now. I want everybody. I want you to bow your heads with me, because there's probably nothing more important that the Holy Spirit wants to do this morning to help all of us, as to be able to have peace with our why. Father, I pray. I just sense a burden. There's a lot of us that need uh, to, to, to crystallize, to bring into focus our why for a time such as this. Um, these gifts that are, that are just um, compartmentalized and um, that are held in abeyance, that are not being used um, for God's glory because a lot of us, many of us, are so busy doing our thing that we've lost our why. Why? Why are you pursuing what you're pursuing? In the Old Testament, there was a king, Saul, before he was king, he was pursuing the donkeys of his father, pursuing something that was worthless, that was meaningless in eternity, but that God used to connect them with his cause, with his his gifts. Father, thank you, Father, for the why. I want you to see with me in Jesus' name. I want you to see with me, verse five and six, and then I'm going to share with you some thoughts here that are that are in keeping with today's outline. So he says, Paul, when Saul of Tarsus, when he's on the ground and he's overwhelmed with his light, this light was so bright that it blinded him. And I, I'm thinking, when I was reading this portion this week, I'm thinking that is so. Why would God leave Saul of Tarsus blind? Um, why would the the light of God uh, that encounter left him blind. Could I tell you that that just as while I was praying, I just, I just felt, just, just because a lot of times you think you see uh, with your natural eyes and God wants to basically blind you to the things you've been pursuing. And God wants you vulnerable. God wants to give you fresh vision, fresh eyes, fresh relationships that you would see that person the way God sees him or her with fresh eyes. So he was blinded. Um, and then later, uh, just Saul of Tarsus had to humble himself. Here's the great Saul of Tarsus. He's proud, he's arrogant, he's petulant, uh, he's he 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 is the man of the hour, he knows it. He's pursuing the, the primitive church, the new believers called on the, the way. But he's totally 100% wrong. He's got the right zeal. He's got zeal, but for the wrong cause. Pride is driving him. Prejudice is driving him. Religiousness, this, this false righteousness, uh, he's, Phariseeism uh, is driving him. And God uh, blinds him. So he, he has to let people take him by the hand and take him to, to Damascus. And so... Uh, And he said, this is Saul of Tarsus, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord says, I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting. And he says, it is a hard thing for you to kick against the goads. So God is trying to prod you. That's what it is. It's a prod stick, a goad. And God tells him, it is a hard thing to just resist the will of God. When God wants you to do something, God is taking you to the, through this path or this process. And you're resisting God, kicking and screaming all the way. And Paul, God tells Saul of Tarsus, man, that's a hard thing. It's an easier thing to just to say, God, okay, you win. Because God is going to win no matter what. So you can't win a fight against God. Uh, It's better to say, God, you know, you win. I'm available. That's what I keep trying to tell Daniel. Daniel, you're not going to win. You might as well give up, son. Okay, you're not with me, but he understands. So he, verse 6, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, What is it what do you want me to do what lord what do you want me to do and the lord says to him i want you to get up i want you to go to that to the city damascus and then i'm going to give you instructions i want you to wait there and i'm going to give you instructions so the two questions the center questions of your universe of your life is lord who are you and then lord what do you want me to do that's it what is god's will most of us say pastor if i just knew the will of god i'm in So uh, who are you, Lord? And what do you want me to do? The question of who Jesus is and the why and the what that you were created for, why we were created, how should we then proceed? What do I do with this life, this one life? How do I make decisions, pastor? How do I know that I'm going to be walking in the will of God? That's all I want to do is do God's will. And I want the strength and the courage to do it. How many say amen? Amen. The Holy Spirit will lead you. The Holy Spirit will help you. Without the Holy Spirit, uh, that is an impossible mission. Uh, We all want to count and enjoy the benefits and the blessings of doing God's will. But few of us are willing to stand in the gap, go through the process, humble your heart, pay the price to uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, to allow the Word of God to have His way, so that there's a real metamorphosis, a real evolution, real change that comes only by the person and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Many of us want an awesome and an abundant life. We want abundance. But very few of us want to go through stewardship Very few of us want to understand the dynamics of investing and saving and living a debt-free life through the spirit of stewardship. So we want abundance and we believe that God wants you to be abundant, to have plenty, to have more than enough. But very few of us, many of us are pecuniary. That means uh, you're a penny pincher. That means you're somebody that's all about money. You think money's gonna make you happy, and no way, Jose. Money's gonna make you miserable. It's a pursuit that you never have enough of. But when you see Christ as the object- objective, when you use stewardship, the stewardship of your one life, your time, your talent, your treasure, your temple, your testimony, uh, your witness, by the way, and your tongue, that is stewardship because life and death are in the power of the tongue. You bless people or you can curse. Uh, you're an encourager or you're a discourager. You're a builder or you're a destroyer of lives through your tongue. I'm gonna say it one more time. A lot of us want to be like in order and have a prosperity, but a lot of us are not embracing the principles of stewardship. The stewardship of your time. How do you spend your time? Why are you doing what you're doing with your time? Why? Uh, the stewardship of the talents. One of my greatest talents. It's a heavy burden is that I'm good looking. Uh, it's, a, it's a burden, people. To, to be this good looking all the time. Even in the mornings. Thank you. Whoever's laughing and cackling, that's awesome. Like, I love a good cackle. Yeah. Um, your talents. Like some of you should be leading a life group, helping others. You're gifted. You're a teacher. You're somebody that can facilitate. And, and yet we say, I'm too tired or I'm too busy. Not this season, pastor. And God says, you're going to miss your window. There'll be a time when you want to, and it's no longer your time. It's not your turn. And it's not the right transition because the window came and it just passed you by what window pastor, the window of time. Of opportunity, of space, of resources, of talent that you have right now. And, and a lot of us are the, the treasure, like, like we are spenders. And, and we don't know how to save money, how to never mind save, how to invest properly. There are people in this church that can help you. There are people that if you go through a, a life group that has to do with stewardship, uh, with, with the stewardship of your money, there are people here that can help you that God has prospered that God has shown them principles and that it's a step by step process and the, the temple of or the, the the principle of your your temple so so there are I want so so most of us a lot of us want things and cars and houses but that's not the objective God wants you to be used. He wants to use you for for his glory. A lot of us want a fulfilled marriage, a happy home. But without taking the time or going through the travel, the trouble to attend a life group or to read books, to go to a marriage conference uh, or to open your heart to more communication, to humbling yourself. You want a great relationship with your wife or your husband without talking. Good luck. Without talking like oh I just want you to I want her to change share your heart mister oh God oh if you could just change my husband you sister are part of that process how many say amen you know what and I apologize I see some of your faces and I get so mad like, oh it gets me so angry when I see some of you but then I get happy when I don't see that area I don't look toward your pew a lot of us want peace Uh, without a process a lot of us don't want to admit our mistakes or be become humble the holy spirit will help you with humility that's why you need the person the power the presence of the holy spirit a lot of us need to be asking for forgiveness all the time you need to learn to walk the path of forgiveness and to say i'm sorry i'm responsible it's me Uh, a lot of us want to be admired and recognized in public without praying in private without fasting, without asking, and without spending time with God. Uh, Pastor, I want to be happy. I want to be fulfilled. Pastor, I want to prosper without going through a price or a process and paying a price. Um, So what has God called this church to do? So why are you here? Up there, help me. Uh, So that's why you were created. This is the why. The why is that, that through God's help, we want God to help you know Christ better. This is why we want to lead people to know God. We would like for the Holy Spirit to help you grow in Christ. Up there, help me find the know Christ, grow in Christ. And then by God's grace, we want you to go for Christ. We want you to go and do something for your life um, for Christ. John 17, 3 says, and this is why, I, this is the way. Uh, to have eternal life. This is the way to have eternal life. Uh, to know that they would know you. This is Christ praying to God the Father. That they would know you, the only true God. And Jesus Christ, the one who was sent on this earth. Real quickly. Uh, so what do you want me to do? So that's the question. God, what do you want me to do? God would love for you or wants you to love him and live for him. I'm going to say that again. God wants you to love God and live for him. Serve others, but live for Him. Uh, to to fear, to revere, and honor His name. To live for God and consecrate yourself. To trust and obey and serve Him. Uh, up there, Deuteronomy ten twelve. I want you to just say, like, what does God want in my life, Pastor? What does God want from my life? Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. All right, awesome. And now, church people of God. So what does God, the Lord God, require or want from you? That's not the version I had, by the way, but that's okay. What does God want from me, from you? So he would want, that's the version I had, God desires uh, that you would fear the Lord your God and that you would live in a way that pleases him. How many say amen? That you would love him and serve him with all what? With all your heart and with all your soul, that's all that God wants from you. That's it right there. Man, does God, does he want me to be powerful? No, he's powerful. Man, God, does God want to do this in my life? You just love him and serve him and worship him and revere him and follow his word and trust him and love him with all your heart and with all your soul. And you watch God take care of all the rest because that's all that God requires of you. How many say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so, God wants you fat up there. I hope you just, God wants you fat. Up there. They're looking for it. Uh, it He wants you to be faithful. Everybody just say it with me, faithful. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah. He wants you available. Say it with me, available. He wants you to be teachable. 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 If you can do these three things, if you can say, God, help me to be faithful. Uh, I am now making myself available. What is it? Where's your gifts? Where's your talents? And we, I'd like to channel you. At the end of the service, Sister Carmen, I want you to come and dismiss and tell people how and where they can report. I like know about life groups. How do they lead? How do you facilitate? Or how do you just pray about an area that God has gifted you? An area where you have a passion, a skill, a gift, a skill, um, where where you have something to offer that you, God knows that you can help others find their way, build them up, uh, um, um, provide a framework. I was sharing in the earlier service that my wife, about five years ago when we started doing life groups, most of you, some of you know my wife, she's introverted, timid, very shy person. She's not a preacher, a teacher, she doesn't want to be. She really is a great teacher. But she just felt in her heart that there was women that God was just in her prayer life would, would say, invite this person, invite this person. And she invited them over our home. Um, she started uh, the, uh, Priscilla Schreier videos about the armor of God, about hearing the voice of God. Um, and this is uh, a Ruth series on, on the Ruth. And she just became a facilitator, invited these ladies. They would come to uh, our house, your house, except don't show up uninvited. Um, thank you. Um, and, then, um, and then I would take the kids. She would be there with the ladies. Our um, air conditioner bill went way up. Uh, PG&E. I'm being facetious, sorry. Um, thank you. But great things started happening people's lives were blessed Linda's life was blessed more than anybody else she started developing a confidence in her just just she became more of a, a somebody would call and I would see her praying I would find her praying in different places of the house like prostrate just just something happened as she served God a certain strength and boldness and confidence Without the boasting, without the pride, how many say Amen? Uh, lately, just just it evolved. She does. She walks on Fridays with like ladies that want to walk for about an hour, two or three miles. They take off here like at eight o'clock. Uh, I'm not sure what she's going to do in this next semester, but she'll just three or four ladies, sometimes five or six, and they would go for a walk, and she would already have a devotional. And as they, she she calls that life group walking in truth. Walking in truth. What I want to share with you is that if... I don't want to say it disparagingly, but if Linda could do it, there's an area that God has gifted you that, man, that that you have a passion for, that you have a need, what is called a felt need, and you could say, you know what, I'm going to give it a try. We're going to give you the resources. We're going to give you better tools this time around. We're going to give you a framework. We're going to give you a picture of me so that in your life group when you post... When you post that life group, like sign, it's just gonna have a picture of me and people are gonna flock to it. Like, 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 whoa. I I think I've done enough damage. I know I've done enough damage. Would you bow your heads? Take the, the, uh, we're we're gonna post it. Help me, Saul, post the the message, the answers. Just help me. So if you look for the, the, on the, on the website, we'll give you all the three points that are in this uh, on this uh, outline so um, (laughs) bow your heads yeah I think enough damage has been done to most of you for a lifetime father we're so grateful we're so grateful thank you for your presence I just thank you I thank you I thank you that your presence is in this house hallelujah hallelujah thank you for an opportunity to say yes to you and make our one life our one life count for eternity thank you father Uh, thank you for Holy Spirit um, that you today would help us grow that's one of the things that you want us to do is grow to be steady strong and steadfast and stout to conquer some of those doubts and deficits and deficiencies once and for all by the power of your Holy Spirit by the power of your Holy Spirit You want us to contribute and care for others. That's why you've called us. You want us to have the courage, the courage to connect, collaborate, and correspond in the affirmative with the will of God, that Jesus will expose our blindness or will, will have you feel like you're blind because it's the only way to have you have a fresh outlook, fresh eyes. For transformation that's that's point number one is transformation that Jesus will allow you as a season where you have an encounter with God and you you what you thought you knew you don't know anymore It's like flying blind trusting God trusting the, the 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 apparatus the elements trusting the gauge of the Holy Spirit in that plane because sometimes pilots can't see but those gauges are their eyes those gauges So it will lead you to transformation. That's number one. Um, Number two is that when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you begin to see life differently. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you begin to see life differently. And then your outline, number three, that through the power of the Holy Spirit, people can change. People around you, people around you, people you love can change. You can change. And so, Father, we give you praise. We give you honor. We give you praise and we give you honor. Hallelujah. Thank you so very much for joining us today on the Lifehouse podcast. I pray and hope this message has encouraged, inspired, and challenged you to grow closer to God. If you would like to be a part of what God is doing here at Lifehouse, visit our website at lifehousechurch.com. That's lifehousechurch.com for more information or consider subscribing and share it with one of your friends and family. Thank you again for being part of our journey, your journey that will lead you to know God better, grow together and go serve and make a difference. Thank you again. God bless you. See you next time.